Live from downtown Boogertown, it's Three Hillbillies on a Couch with your hosts, Boo Boo, Biggins, and Buford, three of the hillbillies in the holler. Y'all pull up a chair and set a spell. And welcome back to glorious downtown Boogertown. I'm Buford. I'm Boo Boo. And uh, we are not in Boogertown today. We're on the uh, Tennessee River in downtown Knox, Vegas, uh, on the Volunteer Princess, which is a nice riverboat here. And uh, we are visiting with Dre Hilton. How you doing, Dre? Man, I'm feeling great. How about y'all, gentlemen? Doing good. I've been wanting to do this podcast with you ever since I started performing with you here on this, uh, this what do they call this thing, a, a cruise ship or Volunteer Princess? Yes. A yacht. Yeah. We're on a yacht. I know it's the biggest boat I've been on. I thought that was pronounced Yatchet. Uh, Yatchet. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, we're going, getting ready to go by Neyland Stadium, it looks like. That's that big old stadium down here. Oh, yeah. Football team. But no, Dre, you uh, uh, you bring the soul of Motown to the boat. We yes, bring sir. the comedy. Hillbillies and the Holler bring the comedy. But you bring in the soul of Motown. Man. Tell us what it's like to see a Dre Hilton concert. Man, well, listen, everybody who knows me knows I bring I bring the good oldies. I bring the good energy to it, man. You know, I'm a, I'm a really happy person. And uh, I get excited every time I start singing all of these old classics, man. So, you know, I love the whole James Brown tribute. Oh, James Brown, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, people people can can expect, people can definitely expect uh, a great time when they come to my show. They can expect all all of the energy and uh, a lot of hits. Well, uh, talking about a lot of hits, yeah. by a guesstimate there, I stopped counting after about 25 songs. How many songs do you do? It depends on how much time that I have, but I try to. If I have, if I have a full ninety minutes to perform, I can do fifty hits. And you do them nonstop. Yeah. It's all high energy. I'm just watching you sweat and melt down to nothing there, and you're just putting all the energy into the crowd's going crazy. And usually after about four or five songs, there's no one sitting down; they're just standing up dancing with you. Hey, you know what? The show never ends how it starts. <laughs> well, they get wild there towards yeah, the end. Yeah. It's a fun time. We're gonna have a blast here on the boat but right now. They downstairs so to speak they're eating and fellowshipping down there and then we're up here at the stage and everything getting ready to do our thing or you're going to do your thing it's your turn now i've already done my thing yeah. so but it'd be nice to kind of collaborate you know taking a show huh? well, that's what we're trying to do here i've been bragging to everybody about dre hilton uh ever since i saw uh i knew take you serious because they're flying you in from tampa and you're down there in tampa now right yeah, beautiful tampa man beautiful tampa yeah and just recently you was at the grammys yeah, man. I think that was my fourth appearance at the Grammys, which which was in Las Vegas for for the first time. Uh, great time to see uh, Bruno Mars and walk the red carpet with a bunch of great, talented people. Bruno Mars, he's great, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So you do. Uh, how far back in time wise do you go back with Motel? The thing, the thing with my show is that I like to start back in the fifties, okay. because there were some hits that came out back then that that helped to create the whole Motown sound. So I go from the fifties to the sixties to the seventies, and then we actually end up way somewhere else, some good old uptown funk. <laughs> I like it when you get into the Commodores. The Commodores, yes, those Lionel Richie. I love Lionel. He's my yeah. favorite country singer. Yeah, 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 yeah. You and I, I talked about that. I liked that one he did that once, twice, three times a lady. Oh, yeah. Come He's on. Good. That's what we sing. Yeah. Hey, dude, one of my favorites. You do any Otis Redding? Man, I need to add him to oh, my Oh, you do. These arms of mine. 
Sing it, man. Get paid the money for that. I did. Man, <laughs> this guy can sing, though, man. That was, that was pretty you, good. Let me tell you how Otis Redding saved my life. Okay. Back several years ago, uh, a producer was asking me to go to Branson, Missouri, with him on a small private plane. And uh, the uh, lady came to me. She said, how much do you weigh? And I said, well, about 350 pounds. And she said, oh, I told him 250. And uh, she said, okay. So she went and called the the uh, went and called the uh, pilot back. And the pilot said, uh, oh, it's okay. I think we can make it. I said, they can think without my fat butt on that airplane. <laughs> But that's how Otis Redding died. They was they flew into a storm, and the pilot said, "I think we can make it." And, and Otis told him, "Well, let's do it." And that was before he sitting on the dock of the bay had even become a hit. He had just recorded it like the week before. Never even knew that it became the big hit that it did, because he said, "I think we can make it." And he said, "All right, let's try." I and I I had learned my lesson. I said, "Nope, I ain't. We ain't thinking with the plane. We either know we're going or we ain't going." So uh, tell us about you said you we you used to be uh, used to perform up here in the Smokies all the time yeah, at the yeah. Grand Majestic Theater, yeah. which is where I saw you and I was blown away. But now you've moved back to Florida. Well, yeah, yeah. So I was with with the Solo Motown show out in Pigeon Forge for eight years, eight beautiful years. But I had to make make a change uh, because I have children that that has been living out in Tampa, Florida for the past eight years. Yeah. I have a 13 year old daughter now. Need I say more? You got to be present <laughs> for that. For sure. Absolutely. So I had to kind of set, set things up to where I could be able to be, to be more hands-on uh, with, with my children. So basically my whole schedule now is set up to where I am home throughout the week and then, and then, and then traveling on the road throughout the weekends. Yep. And you got some upcoming dates. You said you're going to be in Chicago. Yeah, and- man. Chicago, which is a great music town, man. They are, woo, they are crazy about music right. and everything there. What's the craziest thing you ever happened on stage or in a concert? I'm trying to see. Trying to see what's the craziest thing. Uh, you know what? I will tell you a funny, a funny one, okay? Uh, this was recently. I was in Gallatin, right outside of Nash. Oh, Nashville. we know Gallatin well. Okay. So I bring up a lady. I call up a lady who was who was from a distance. I call her up to sing, and so she gets up and she's walking towards me. And like, I was calling her up to do this whole like little skit thing, you know, where I I sing Fever, the song Fever to her. But the lady was pregnant, and I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know that she was pregnant up until she she got up on stage. So. Everybody starts starts laughing, and so I had to kind of twist the whole skit and say, "Well, this is this is this this is my baby." And uh, my baby. yeah, <laughs> I had to flip that whole thing, oh, man. Wow. And it it definitely ended up funny, but it caught me off guard because that was not I've never had a pregnant woman up on stage like that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Biggins did. It caught him off guard too. <laughs> <laughs> I had to have. I, I got a guy up on stage one time, and I didn't realize until he got up there. He had shorts on, and he only had one leg. All Woo! right. Uh huh. Yeah. So yeah. you have to be prepared for anything, and you have to be creative, and you know, know how to kind of flip it, flip things right on the spot. Right on the spot. Well, you're, you're you're an author too. You've written some books, have you? Well, you know what? I I have written some books. I've written two, but I never released that. So how did you know that? <laughs> uh, we dive deep in our research. And Boogertown Bugle has a library, and uh, page two, uh, 
which is the back page of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, some of the books ain't even been colored in yet. Uh, <laughs> I think it's great because everybody loves Motown music to see yeah. all these hillbillies get together and just be jamming and dancing and singing along. And I mean, this music will last forever. It will. And you know what, man? The music brings everybody together from different walks of life, different age groups. And uh, sometimes there are children, you know, who just happen to be, they got the show and I'm able to, to teach them what twisting is, twisting and a whole temptation walk. Well, the one thing and, and uh, I, I brag about is your energy, because not only do you do so many songs, but you do it. I mean, if you're doing a James Brown song, the shoes are coming off and you're dancing like James Brown. And the chills get on your neck there, and you're just like, oh, my goodness, I feel like I'm looking at James Brown. Yeah. Then next thing you know, you're hitting up into the 80s there, hitting little Michael Jackson. There comes a moonwalk sliding yeah, across yeah. the boat. Yes, man. You know, you have to entertain the people, man. That's just what I love. Yes, sir. What is your favorite era of the music? Uh, do, you, do you prefer one time period of them over the other? I would say the 50s and 60s. Talking about Motown type Motown music. Motown, yes, and and soul music. Yeah, yep. I like the whole the whole Ray Ray Charles, the music that he came out back in the late fifties. So um, I'm telling you, yeah, yeah, it's good that, stuff. Oh, that Ray Charles, just man, yeah, yeah. There, there was something about him that just transcended everything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, and that was a deeply divided time, racially yeah. speaking. And yeah, there was a lot of white folks tapping their yes, toes absolutely. to raise music because yeah, it was yeah. it was unifying. Yep, yep, absolutely. And and that's what that's what music is. Music is the the world's universal language. What do you think it is? You, there's a lot of great entertainers out there, but yeah. there's people like Johnny Cash or Dolly Parton, Ray Charles, yeah. Stevie Wonder that just has a presence. What they say that it is, they've got, they've just got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Elvis Presley, they walk in a room and you don't even have to see them. But the energy tells you there's somebody special in this room. Well, absolutely. And it's it is the gift, the gift of music, the gift of melody. Uh, and just, you know, some people, some people are just born with that God given energy, the God given talent. And, uh, you know, people people have been able to write songs uh, that have stood the test of of time man you know well, let me tell you this story yeah. a friend of mine he's a he's a policeman cop uh -huh, uh -huh. and uh he's wanting to date this girl and she wouldn't date him unless she, he went to church with her uh -huh. it's one of them big mega churches uh -huh. he's like well i'll go to church and we're sitting there and he said we're sitting behind this guy and he's he's got the beads in his hair that's just drooped over the the pew there so he thought he'd be cute and funny so he starts braiding them doing all that and a guy on stage says, we are so honored to have Mr. Stevie Wonder do a special for us. That guy stands up, and he's, like, trying to untangle them and everything. Wow. Oh, no. <laughs> well, on that note, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor, uh, BigfootSearchGear.com. Do you walk through the forest with an eye open for the unknown? Do you believe that Bigfoot is out there somewhere? He may be hiding but you don't have to. Let the world know you believe. Visit BigfootSearchGear.com for the largest collection of apparel and gifts for Bigfoot enthusiasts. Bigfoot t-shirts, hats, stickers, signs, and keychains, as well as Sasquatch hot sauce. It'll make you howl like a Yeti. 
Go to BigfootSearchGear.com and enter promo code HILLBILLIES at checkout for 10% off. Free shipping to anywhere in the U.S. on orders over $25. BigfootSearchGear.com Before we resume this interview, let's listen to a little bit of Dre's performance from the Volunteer Princess that night. If you'd like to see video of Boo Boo and Buford getting up and dancing with Dre, well, we'll have information about that at the end of the episode. You don't want to miss it. <laughs> the words to those songs. Now, we're going to keep it moving. We're going to keep it moving. But we're going to get into a different genre of music, all right? There's a music called soul music. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. They know, she knows which way this show is about to go. Now, I love soul music because as soon as you hear it, as soon as you cut it on, the music gets way down in your system and makes you say, ow! Uh, they don't know nothing about that, man. I think, I think some of them do. I'm talking about music that as soon as you hear it, it gets down in your system and makes you say, ow! Now, if I was to ask you who the godfather of soul was, who would you say? Who? Big Sal, I think that we need to give them about three James Brown classes. And we're back. Wow. Yeah, that that been tough, wasn't it there? Absolutely. <laughs> Bigfoot search gear. That reminds me of the old joke about the guy that uh, it's the woman in front of him in church. They stood up to sing a song and he, well, he, he run into a buddy and he had two black eyes. And his friend said, how'd you get two black eyes? He said, I got them in church. He said, how'd that happen? Well, the woman in front of me, when we stood up to sing a song, she had a, her dress had got stuck, uh, well, you know, where her spine separates. Right there in the great divide. He said, I felt sorry for her. She's going to be embarrassed. So I just reached up there and pulled it out. Well, she turned around and socked me in my right eye. And uh, we felt, said, well, how'd you get the other black eye? He said, well, I figured she liked it that way. I stuffed it back in there. <laughs> she got it quiet. Because <laughs> he cared. Because he cared. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you ever get to meet any of your, your, your uh, heroes? I met, I met Smokey Robinson. Oh, wow. Ooh, wow. I did. Oh. On the red carpet, that was twenty. That was twenty twenty Grammys, wow. right? Right before the whole pandemic hit. That that was awesome. Super nice guy. Who was it? Oh, Ronald Isley. Ronald Isley. Oh, the Isley brothers. Oh, Isley brothers. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I went to church with them for oh, really? for four years back home in St. Louis, Missouri. Man, super Is that where you nice. Guy. From? Yes, sir. Yeah. Talk about a music yeah, town yeah. now. Yeah, music a lot of people town. don't know it, but that's Chuck a, Berry. Yeah, Tina Turner. Uh, Mike Michael McDonald is from there, so uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The Isley family—they uh, treated me nice, man, and uh, I'm still still good friends with them today. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, me and uh, Boo Boo spent a lot of time in Hendersonville, Tennessee, back yeah. when we were kids, and uh, uh, I lived there, and he used to come spend summers with us. But uh, yeah. that's where all the country stars lived back in the day. I played on the soccer team with Roy Orbison's son. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, yeah. and uh, we went to church with the the Mandrell family and oh, uh, Dwayne Allen from the Oak Ridge Boys. Their sons oh, are about our age, and, yeah. and we were all good friends. But yeah, it, uh, now I got to be friends with one of my heroes, and you might like this guy too, uh, Boots Randolph. Oh, yeah, just a saxophone player. Yeah, wow, yeah. Man. He, uh, I was teaching karate. Now, now, first of all, I got said my daddy 
when he left the he left the coal mine in town in western Kentucky because he was claustrophobic. They took him down to the mine and he said, you got to get me out of here. Wow. So he went up to Evansville, Indiana to go to college. And that's where Boots Randolph was performing at the time. He had not hit it yet. He had not got a record deal. Uh-huh. And he was performing at this place called the Blue Bar. Yeah. And my daddy was working at the Montgomery Ward store. And the boys he was working with said, hey, you want to go down to the Blue Bar and get some shrimp cocktails? And my daddy, old country boy, he said, if you'll buy them by Granny's, I'll drink them. And <laughs> And they went down there and, and saw Boots, and he was singing and, and playing some sax and putting on different hats and doing funny skits and stuff. So growing up, my dad was a huge fan of Boots Randolph. You know, as I was growing up, I, we always had his records in the house. Well, then years later, I'm a, in my late 20s. I'm a comedian. I'm on the road. But when I'm not on the road, I was teaching karate yeah, yeah. at this karate school. And there was this grandfather who had been bringing his grandson. And one day he said, you're an entertainer, aren't you? And I yeah. said, yes, sir, I'm a comedian. He said, well, I'm Boots Randolph. So I fell on the floor, right. and we became great friends. I got to open for him. I got to do a vocal set with his band, oh, seventeen-piece orchestra. Wow. Me singing, "I Can't Give You Anything But Love" and yeah. all of me, and uh, ahead, and man. then uh, uh, we we remained friends until he passed away about well sixteen years ago or so. What a great opportunity, man! It's always what wonderful great. when you get to yeah. meet your heroes absolutely. if they live up to it, and yeah. we did. Yeah, absolutely. So with all the things you've got going on this year, what's the best way for people to uh, keep up with Dre Hilton? The best way for people to keep up with me is through social media, whether it's Facebook or or Instagram. And you can find me, you can go to facebook.com slash Dre Hilton, that's spelled D-R-E, last name H-I-L-T-O-N, all right? And also also Instagram, instagram.com slash Dre Hilton. And you can also shoot me a email, at dre.hilton at gmail.com. Talk to me, and I do talk back. <laughs> uh, that you do. You, I see you go Facebook Live, yeah. and, and we may do that. Well, we probably will today, if you don't mind, while you're performing, hit a little Facebook Live for our Hillbillies and the Holler folks down there in Boogertown and take a look look at what you do. Yeah. we got to get you to Boogertown. I need to come out to Boogertown to see what it's all about, man. Absolutely. It's hot right now. Yes, sir. <laughs> make the devil cry. Come on. What they say today? It uh, felt like 108 degrees. That was the what the heat felt like today. My heat index was it felt like New Orleans in July. It's hot. Sweat taking a shower. Uh-huh. But what a pretty day here on the river in Tennessee, Tennessee River, Knoxville, Tennessee. We're just cruising down here, getting ready to do a turnaround right before the show starts. I tell you what, there's just nothing better than riding on this boat and uh, enjoying good conversation with with nice folks. And, and now I'm going to get to watch him sing. And I've seen him, I've listened to him sing before. I'm excited because this guy is good. Now, do you have any uh, albums out on anything like, you got anything out on Spotify or anything people can look at? You know what? I do. Now, it's not Motown. It is children's music. So for all of the parents, grandparents, uh, uh, aunts, uncles, go and check out Dre Hilton on Spotify, all of that. I got some great children's music. All right, I've got some great children's music. So listen, children need some motivation. And I was nominated for a Grammy for a children's record that I did uh, back in 2014 called Yes, I Can Can. Wow. Yes. Grammy nominated. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, now, if you ever need a backup group, those boys from Boogertown will sing backup for you. Hey, Come no, on. that ain't no joke. Seriously, about uh, four or five of the boys in the group have been professional 
gospel quartet singers, including this one right here. Yeah, yeah, I can He's hear the songs. sung with the Blackwoods, the Statesman. Yeah, such He's an amazing yeah. uh, bass. Well, listen, hey, we can have some fun with that. I'm all about collaborating, and you know, we we have we have been around it. We we definitely been around each other enough, man. We got to start collaborating and do more. Absolutely. Well, the show's about to begin. We'll go Facebook Live here. Another quick break. Word from our sponsor, CoffeeAndSugar.com. And today's episode is brought to you by CoffeeAndSugar.com. That's K-A-W-F-E-E-A-N-D-S-U-G-A-R. CoffeeAndSugar.com. Home of Granny's Hillbilly Coffee. Some of the best coffee you'll ever drink. If you use promo code HOLLER at checkout, you'll save 15% off orders of $29 or more. Visit coffeeandsugar.com and tell them the Hillbillies in the Holler sent you. At this point in the interview, Dre had to leave us so he could finish getting ready for his show. So Boo Boo and I will finish out the episode. But before we do, we're going to do another clip from the show. Uh, Dre had just performed the song, Let's Go to the Hop, and he was asking about what the hop is. And here was the question. Then he gets into a little bit of his musical influences from his childhood. Don't forget to hang out till the end of the episode so I can tell you where to see those videos of Buford and Boo Boo dancing like the Temptations with Dre Hilton. So that was a real place, all right? Now tell me, what kind of things used to happen there? Pancakes. Pancakes? That's IHOP. Okay. It's a sock hop. It was a school dance. Sock hop. School dance. Ooh, that was some fun things. That was some fun times. It wasn't all crazy. It was It was. It was good Good fun, huh? Hey, These two young. Yeah, yeah. I only came out. See, when I came around, it was... It's stage so um we're gonna we're gonna have him go uh he's gonna go get ready for his show and me and uh, boo boo are gonna wrap it up thank you so much dre thank for you, being dre. with us today thank you man i'll tell you this gonna be a great show here well um so what is your uh who, who's your favorite artist in motown motown well i like stevie wonder and uh that style of music. Now, I don't know. Was Otis Redding ever in Motown? Or was he just... You know, I don't know if he was a Motown artist. Like, I mean, you know, actually worked for Barry Gordy or not, but... Because uh, I, I know that he was a janitor in a th- uh, studio, and they had some extra studio time, and he went in, and they cut these arms of mine. And, well, that's like... Uh, um, oh, uh, what's her name? Uh, did the locomotion first. Um, uh, Little Evie. Oh, yeah? yeah? She was somebody's babysitter. Uh, Carol King. Carol King. She was Carol King's babysitter. And Carol said, you want to sing this song for me? The next thing you know, it was a hit. Wow. 
and and she was just she was just her babysitter, but wow. she was also a very good singer. Hey, we gotta get get him on that redneck comedy bus too. Great on there. <laughs> Take him through Booger Tip. My goodness, two days in a row I had hecklers on the bus. Oh no! You're gonna ride the bus? Please don't be hecklers. Are you going to go to any show? Don't heckle people. No, you know I I, I got to tell you when you if you go into a comedy show. With lines in your head. Oh, I, I can't wait to say this. I can't wait to say that. Uh, no, just no. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. First of all, um, as the as the comedian Chris Titus said, this is what we do for a living. You're in our house now. And you come in and you say something stupid. You think you're being funny, but you're not. And you're just ticking off the rest of the crowd and the woman you're there with. Or man, if you're the woman being funny. But, you know, we t- we do, uh, first thing I always do on the bus is cra- what we call crowd work, where I say, where are you from? And I got jokes for about just about every state in the union. And we have fun and cut up. Inevitably, somebody thinks it's really funny to say, I say, where are you from? And they Their say, mama. Their mama. my mama. <laughs> first of all, we've heard that so many thousands of times, it's not funny. But secondly, we're clean comedians. We don't do ugly stuff. But you better be glad we don't. You better be glad we don't. You don't ever tell a stand-up comedian, especially in a comedy club, that you're from your mama. Because what you've just done is laid your mama on the altar of comedy to be uh, attacked. And it's not going to be pretty. So, yeah, don't do not do that. Hey, we had these three ladies on the bus. Now, they didn't heckle or anything. Oh, good Lord. No, they just oh, talked. No. They just talked the whole time. Now, this was Boo Boo's tour, but I was riding along. Sometimes I'll just go ride along, and we cut yeah, up. And gosh, you ain't going to believe this. We got up there on that bypass up in Gatlinburg, and I tell a joke that I won't tell. The punchline is, you know, there's buses. We're going to camouflage school bus, and if it hits this guardrail, the guardrail's engineered to launch that bus over the trees protecting the National Park. Now, I'm not telling you the whole joke, but that's the gist of what I'm trying to say. Now, jokingly say, look down at all them camouflage school buses. But we stopped the overlook, take pictures, and these three women go out there and stand at the edge of that cliff. Everybody gets back on the bus, and they're still standing there. I walked over there, and I'm like, what you looking at? And one of them says, we're trying to find those, see how many camouflage school buses are down there at the bottom. I looked at them like they were joking. They were serious. And that one looks at the other two and says, you idiots, there's no way you're going to see those buses. They're camouflaged. And those people vote. They were serious, too. Yeah, they weren't kidding. They weren't kidding at all. I was like, wow. What was so funny about that, I was sitting right behind them on the bus, and you'd be talking and telling the story and setting up a joke, and they'd be talking over it. They'd shut up just in time for the punchline. You'd deliver the punchline, and they'd look at each other confused, like, that wasn't funny. And I said, well, it would have been if you'd been listening to the whole joke. You talk through the whole joke and just hear the punchline, nine times out of ten, it ain't going to be funny. I figure it was a combined IQ of 34, and that one that knew his camouflage was carrying 30 of those points. Yeah, she was carrying the heaviest part of the load. <laughs> oh, my, my, my. Oh, well, we have fun. We love you. Come see us on that redneck. TheRedneckBus.com Now, my favorite artist, Otis Redding is up there at the top for me. He he was great. Otis Redding was great. But I did, uh, and of course we talked about Ray Charles, which is, he's hard to beat. Stevie Wonder's still doing it now. Stevie Wonder is good, yeah. He's always been good. Um, But I I, I guess my favorite, uh, well, my favorite of all of that 
of that group was probably, um, yeah, I'd, I'd say it was definitely Ray Charles. Because, yeah. again, he just crossed so many boundaries. He just did so many different things, and he was so amazing. And I cannot wait to get in there and listen to Dre do some of this stuff right now. Um, it's going to be awesome. Maybe we'll go Facebook Live. I think we might. Um, so when you're listening to this, just go to the Hillbillies and the Holler page and scroll down the wall till you see see us on this old big old boat. Yeah. So we, uh, let's see, what else has been going on? Well, we've been having some technical issues mm-hmm. with the podcast. Uh, we, uh, we did a, we did a, uh, an episode, uh, yesterday, uh, another episode with me and Gator and Beulah Dean. We talked for 30 minutes and got done and realized that we'd only recorded four of them. So we now have a lost episode. Uh, <laughs> but we'll, we'll find that lost episode. We'll find that. it. Yeah, exactly. You'll be glad we did. <laughs> yeah, it'll be great. Um, but uh, so we are. Uh, um, uh, we, we're uh, going to be doing. We're going to be putting this episode out, and then we're going to try to get a couple more episodes uh, knocked out this week. But uh, you know, we've been we've made it almost a year and a half now without missing a week. That's hard to believe. It really is. As, as scatterbrained as we are, yeah. Uh, That's so, hard to believe, right there. So we are uh, we're looking for suggestions from you, the listeners, for things that we can talk about and uh, ideas for future episodes. So if you would email us at meetbuford at gmail dot com, and uh, we'll um, we'll look at those. And, and we also uh, asking you to give us reviews on Apple Podcasts because that's how people find the show. We have not had a new review in about a month. So if you're out there and you've been thinking about doing it, please take five minutes and just write a review. Even if it's just, hey, these guys are awesome, it, you know, every review helps because it drives those algorithms. And algorithms are the currency today. Hey, uh, we're going by the body farm. We sure are. We, we, for, for those of you, again, if you don't remember when we talked about this, we're on the Tennessee River right now, which is uh, which flows through the uh, great city of Knoxville and uh, we are right now going past the University of Tennessee's body farm which is where Dr. Bass Dr. Bass created this uh, thing for forensic scientists to study the uh, uh, things that happen to a human body when it's decomposing and they've they've got all these mock crime scenes set up so trailers trunks, trunks of, cars, of cars wrapped up in a tarp lunch boxes yep whatever they can shove somebody in yeah and then they the students monitor the decomposition of the bodies of these fine people who donated their bodies to science and then when they're later uh working as a forensic scientist for the police and they find a body they can say well i've seen one like that before and that typically means that it's been in the ground this long and it's been this temperature and et cetera, et cetera. They know all that stuff because of the things they've we observed. We found a body dead part. body uh, a couple of weeks ago. It had been dead 30 years. Really? That's what the tombstone said. <laughs> That's like, you know, we had a plane crash uh, there in uh, Boogertown years ago. Uh, crashed into the cemetery and it said they found 5,000 bodies and, and the digging was going to continue into the night. <laughs> Crazy. We probably have to get out of here. I think so. So we're going to wrap this up. Uh, please uh, continue to listen to the show. Follow us on social media at meetbuford.com, at hillbilliesintheholler.com, on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. 
Hillbillies, that's with an I-E-S, and Holler is H-O-L-L-E-R. All one word, Hillbillies and Holler. Uh, go to hillbilliesintheholler.com and meetbuford.com for merchandise. And uh, continue to listen. Give us those ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. And uh, if you have any suggestions for future episodes, email us at meetbuford at gmail.com. In the meantime, I'm Buford. I'm Boo Y'all be good to each other. Now, if you'd like to see those videos of Boo Boo and Buford dancing with Dre Hilton, just go to the Facebook page of Hillbillies in the Holler, and you'll see a video we posted uh, the night before this episode dropped. So uh, thank you so much again for listening. I'm Buford. Y'all be good to each other. You've been listening to Three Hillbillies on a Couch, live from downtown Boogertown. You can follow us on social media at Hillbillies in the Holler, at Moonshiner's Life, and at Meet Buford. Y'all come back now.